Now we looked a little bit in the uh, general Baptists of England. Now we're going to go into particular Baptists. And basically the particular Baptists are the ones that pretty much came over into America and established churches here. On page 249 in John T. Christian's History of the Baptist, the origin, the origin of the particular Baptist churches. The origin of the particular Baptist churches. Thus far, only the history of the General Baptist Church of England have been considered. This body constituted by far the larger portion of the Baptists of that country and their history runs on in an uninterrupted stream from generation to generation. On the subject of administration of baptism, Baptists held, as has been seen, that they had the power to originate baptism, but that it took at least two persons to begin the act, and thus these two could institute the rite. This was the method of Smith and was a general theory held by them. These are general Baptists. To understand this history, this position must be kept sharply in mind. They were mildly Armenian in their views and forcefully impressed free will. Now it's time to consider the history of the another body of Baptists in England who, if not so numerous, were at least highly influential in many ways. They were called particular Baptists since they held to the Calvinistic views. Now, they held to Calvinistic views before Calvin did, by the way. They held to Calvinistic views before Calvin did. In the world today, you're either con considered an Armenian or a Calvinist. I would be considered a Calvinist, a modified, a moderate Calvinist. As, as, and I even a sublapsarian, modified sublapsarian Calvinist. There are superlapsarian, infralapsarian, and sublapsarian Calvinists. We won't get into that exactly right now, but I want you to know that those terms, and we've covered that in the past, we're reviewing now. Two views of administration of baptism prevailed among them. The first and oldest was that every Christian man could with himself having been baptized, immersed and candidate upon the profession of faith. Later, they were those who held that an administrator should have a succession from a previously baptized administrator, in other words, church succession. Churches sent out churches. Churches sent out missionaries. At these times, these views came into conflict and caused much trouble and discussion. The particular Baptists had a wholly different origin from the general Baptists. It must not be thought that either of these parties were new. Crosby said, Crosby on English Baptist, it may be proper to observe here that there have been two parties of English Baptists ever since the beginning of the Reformation, before the Reformation. The General Baptist came in a little bit later. These that followed the Calvinistic scheme of doctrines and from the principal points thereof personal election have been termed a particular Baptist. And those that have professed the Armenian or remonstrant tenets have also from the chief of these doctrines universal redemption were called general Baptists. Now universal redemption it means that Jesus Christ died for all mankind. Now that I believe in. 
That's a modified Calvinist view. That Jesus Christ died for all mankind. That his cross was sufficient to redeem all mankind. But it was only efficacious to those that believe. There were likewise many Baptists in England who did not choose to assume either name because they received what they think to be truth without regard to what human schemes agree to or disagree to. Crosby, Volume 1, page 174. But some of the particular Baptist churches originated in the Independent Church of Henry Jacob. There is no proof that all of the seven particular Baptist churches in London originated in this manner. The seven churches of London, however, says Cutting, are not to be supposed to compromise the whole particular Baptist denomination at that time. They were certainly several churches besides these, and their increase at a period immediately succeeding was very rapid. Dr. Underhill, after years of investigation, very ably described the entire problem. It has been seen that there the Baptist idea, the true archetypical idea of the church was grand cause of the separation of Baptists as individuals and communities from all other various forms of ecclesiastical arrangement adopted by the reformers and their successors. Baptists are separate. They are not, Baptists are not reformers. The Baptists are not reformers. There it could be no harmony between the parties that were antagonistic from the first. Here the Baptists cannot be regarded as owing their origin to succession from the Protestant churches. The Baptists are not Protestants. Baptists are not Protestants. I want you to remember this. Baptists are not Protestants. One of my students went to Cal State University. He also went to Bakerville College. And he took... Um, what we might call comparative religion and church history there. And I think he got a, a bachelor's degree, and he did well. One of my other students went there also, but he argued with his, with his teachers, and he didn't graduate. And this other guy, he goes there, and he writes a paper, Why Baptists Are Not Protestants. And he wrote it. He asked, first of all, if he could write it because that's contrary to the textbook. The textbook says Baptists are Protestants, but the textbook is not correct. And so he said, he asked if he could write a paper on this, and he proved that Baptists are not Protestants. And they gave, came before the, the Reformation and all of this. And the teacher said, you got an A+, plus, but I don't agree with that. That's not according to the textbook. But he said, I can see how that you believe that, because that's histori historically, it proves that, what you have said. But he wasn't going to teach that. He was going to teach according to the textbook. There could be no harmony between the parties and were antagonistic from the first. However, the Baptists cannot be regarded as owing their origin to a succession from the Protestant churches. They occupied an independent and original position, one which unquestionably involved suffering and loss of life and from its world in us and manifestation contrary to the political tendencies of any nation, basically, where they were, and, a, and alliances of the reform movement, the Refor Reformation, they tried to reform the Catholic Church. C 
Calvin and Luther came out of the Catholic Church trying to reform the Catholic Church. Menno Simmons left the Catholic Church and started his group, the Mennonites, and they were called Anabaptists. The records of the Church of Christ meeting in Broadmead in Bristol, 1640 to 1687. The first company went out from Jacob about 1633. A want of recognition of this origin and just discrimination between these bodies has caused much confusion and led to many erroneous conclusions. Crosby indeed states this fact, but he nowhere gives a separate history of the two bodies, and this is the chief fault of, the in, of his invaluable history. In this, he has unfortunately been followed by some other historians. The general and particular Baptists were not only distinct in origin and in history and in doctrine, but they were often in debate with one another. Very many of the misunderstandings of the Baptist history in the reign of Charles I have their bias or basis in the confounding of the history of these distinct separate Baptist bodies. The first statement that Crosby makes concerning the organization of particular Baptist churches under the ministry of John Spilsbury is misleading, since it apparently ascribes all Baptists to only to what actually took place in one congregation of Henry Jacob. The mistake of Crosby consists in making a general statement of a specific instance. He says, in the year 1633, the Baptists had heretofore been intermixed among the Protestant dissenters. That's not true. Without distinction. And so consequently shared with the Puritan in all the persecution of these times and began now to separate themselves and form distinct societies of those of their own persuasion. Lewis, a Church of England man, reviewed on his appearance of Crosby's history after quoting the above statement, he says, Here seems to be a double mistake, or to be two mistakes, that the Anabaptists till 8-1630 were intermixed with Protestant dissenters. The Puritans, Brownist, Brown, Brownist, the Barrowist, and Independents, since they all disclaimed them, that the English Anabaptists began in 1633 to separate themselves, the writer of this ignorant and partial history owes, etc., it's a ignorant history, he says. Lewis was right. Crosby was wrong. Now we're going to go page 252. Upon the organization of the Spillsbury Church, the question of a lawful administrator of baptism came up. There were Baptists among these dissenters already, and it does not follow that they received their baptism from pedo-baptist sources. But a line of action was established. Two possible sources were open to them. The former there was to send over to foreign Anabaptists who descended from the ancient Waldenses in France and Germany so that one or more received baptism from them might become proper administrators of it to others. Some thought it, this was a way they acted accordingly. Now they've sent for an arm of baptism from other scriptural churches that they knew 
had a succession. Now, this relates that several sober and pious persons belonging to the congregation of the dissenters about London were that believers were the only proper subject of baptism that ought to be administered by immersion or dipping the whole body in water in resemblance of the burial resurrection according to uh, Colossians 2 and 12 and Romans 6 and 4 that they often met together to pray and confer about the matter and consult what methods they should take to enjoy this ordinance in primitive purity that they could not satisfy about the administrator in England to begin to practice because though some of this nation rejected the baptism of infants yet they had not as they knew revived the ancient custom of immersion but by hearing that some of these Netherlands practice it they agreed to send over to Richard Blount who understood the Dutch language that he went accordingly carrying letters of recommendation with him and was kindly received by the church there and Mr. John Bate their teacher that upon his return he baptized Mr. Samuel Blacklock a minister and these two baptized the rest of the company whose names are in the manuscript of the number of 53 here they sent for an arm of scriptural baptism and they got it they came back and then they began to baptize this is missionary work just like the Philip the, the, the eunuch and Philip so that th those who follow this scheme do not derive their baptism from aforesaid Mr. Smith or his congregation in Amsterdam it being an ancient congregation of foreign Baptists in the law and the low countries to whom they were sent John Spilsbury did not believe that he was under obligation to send anywhere for baptism but that he had a right to baptize like John the Baptist did and had nothing to do with this blunt scheme now we have different groups Now on the page, bottom page of 253, further I fear men, but more that is right due to it, who so prefer it above the church and all other ordinances besides, for they can assume and erect a church, take in and cast out members, elect and ordain officers, and administer the supper, and all I knew without any looking for succession, and further than the scriptures. But as for baptism, they must have a succession from the apostles. This is the Baptist principle, succession, the authority to baptize. And when you have the authority to baptize, you've got authority to build churches. Though it came through the hands of Pope Joan, it says here, what is the cause that men do all from the word but only baptism? Now, they're talking about the apostles of the Church of England. Not the Church of England, but the Catholic Church had apostles. The apostles were popes. Mm -hmm. And they never had any, any baptismal rites, they said. In page 254 and down toward the bottom, 
the middle bottom. It was a point much disputed for many years. The Baptists were not a little uneasy about it. And the pedo-baptists thought to render all baptism among them invalid for want of a proper administrator to begin their practice. But by the ex excellent reasoning of these and other learned men, we see that their beginning as well depended upon the same principles on which all other Protestants build their reformation. Now we come to William Kiffin. The position of particular Baptists meant that for an administrator of baptism, they did not go beyond the authority of the New Testament church. They declared that it was not necessary to prove succession of Baptist churches. This body of Baptists, however, being singularly clear in affirming the long-continued existence of Baptists in England and elsewhere, they even claim, if it were all necessary to prove it, that they have successors more ancient and purer, if humbler, than the Roman Catholic Church. Of course, all churches in 258, they were Baptist in practice. The witnesses on this point are numerous and weighty. William Kiffin, A.D. 1645, wrote, It is well known to many, and especially to ourselves, that our congregations, as they are now, were erected and framed according to the rule of Christ before we heard of any reformation. Even at the time when Episcopacy was at its height of vanishing glory. This was a confession of faith in 1643 written and published. Kiffin affirmed that their churches are as they are now erected and framed preceded the reformation and the Episcopacy. The Episcopacy before the Catholic Church, before the Church of England, that goes way back to the seashores of Galilee. Mr. Joseph Reichert, who says he wrote the queries which Giffen replied, affirmed that he understood that the Episcopal and not the Presbyterian Reformation you allege. Your practice is that your congregations were erected and framed in the time of the Episcopacy and before you heard of any Reformation. Here were the Baptist churches, according to Giffen, before the times of Henry VIII. And this fact was well known to the Baptists. The Episcopacy was the Church of England, remember. And the Baptists were in existence before the Church of England, mm -hmm. before the Catholic Church in 325 A.D. The Baptists outdated the Presbyterians. And for the second part of your query, that we disturb the great work of the Reformation now in hand, I know that or know not what you mean by this charge, unless you be discover your prejudice against us in reforming ourselves before you. For as yet we have not in our understanding, neither can we conceive anything that we shall be reformed from, and by you according to the truth, but that through mercy we enjoy the practice of the very already, very same already, this strange, this should be a disturbance to the ingenious, faithful reformer. It should be, one would think, a furtherance rather than a disturbance. And whereas you tell us the work of the, Reforma the Reformation is now at hand, no reasonable man will force us to desist from the practice that which we are persuaded according to the truth and wait for that which we not know 
what it shall be. In the meantime, practice that we ourselves say, you say we must be reformed. Now, in 1650, this is another statement. That God hath had a people on earth ever since the coming of Christ and the flesh throughout the darkest days of popery, which he has owned as saints and as his people. Here is a distinct claim that the Baptists existed alone in the days of Christ. That the saints have power to reassume and to take up their right any ordinance of Christ which they have been deprived of by the violence and tyranny of the man of sin and they call the Church of England, they call the Catholics, they call even the Protestants the man of sin. This was the ordinary position of the particular Baptist in the third part the king says. The proof that outward ordinance among the rest of the ordinance of baptism is continuing in the church and this truth cleared up from intricate turnings and windings and clouds and mist that make their way of doubt and truth. Four of the most prominent Baptists in these times were Thomas Patience, John Spilsbury, and William Kiffin. And John Pearson wrote an introduction for the book. These men declare that the assertion that there are no churches in the world and no true ministers has been singularly in use of the hands of the devil. These old Baptists carefully guarded every historical statement that they made because it was going to be twisted. The devil has mustered all of his forces of late to blind and pester the minds of good people to keep them from the clear knowledge and practices of the way of God. Either in possessing people still with old corrupt principles or if they have been taken off then to persuade them that there are no true churches in the world and that persons cannot come to the practice of the ordinances. There being no true ministry in the world and others they run in another desperate extreme holding Christ to be a Seattle and all his gospel ordinances like himself fleshy and carnal. That's the Turning the, the this is the the turning of the water into and uh, the blood in the wine into water or the wine into the blood of Christ and the wafer into the flesh all carnal carnality not spiritual but carnality this generation of people have been singular use of the hand of the devil to advance his kingdom and to make war against the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now none of these have been more painful than these that have been of late to poison the city and the country and the army as far as they could, inasmuch as they lay upon some of our spirits as a duty to put our weak ability to the discovery of these gross errors and mistakes, but it has pleased God to stir up the spirit of the brother Daniel King, whom we judge a faithful and, and painful uh, painful minister of Christ to take this work in hand before us and we judge hath been sat assisted of God in the work which we have been very painful we shall not need to say much of the treaties only in brief and it is a method to follow the apostles rule to prove everything by the existence of scriptural light expounding scripture by scripture and God hath helped him in this discourse in proving the truth of churches against all such 
that have gone under the name of seekers and hath very well with great evidence of scriptural light answered to all the most of their objections and weight of those above and beyond ordinances. This is the endorsement of five of the leading Baptists in the world of their day that God hath a people on earth ever since the coming of Christ in the flesh. Henry de Avers was a man of great celebrity among the Baptists. He was born in 1608. He was colonel in the parliamentary army and governor of Stafford. While governor, he embraced Baptist principles and was baptized probably by Henry Hager. He wrote a book on baptism in which he greatly stirred up the pedo-baptists. It is a rigorous defense of believers' baptism by dipping. He traces his history of the Baptist century by century back to the apostles after referring to the existence of the Baptists in England for a long period. In the 16th year of King James, 1618, that excellent Dutch piece called A Very Plain and Well-Grounded Treatise Concerning Baptism that with no such authority, both from scripture and antiquity, proves the baptism of believers and disproves that of infants and was printed in English. Now he's fighting the Church of England and the King James Bible, by the way. Since when, especially in the last 30 or 40 years, many have been the con uh, con conferences that have passed, many of the treatises that have been written pro and con upon the subject, and the sufferings of both the old and new in England. Uh, the persuasion have undergone whereby much light has broken forth thereupon not only very many learned men have been convinced thereof but very many congregation of Baptists have been and are daily gathered in that old way of the Lord that hath so long lain so much obliquity and reproach and have buried under so much anti-Christian rubbish in these nations he said, By all which you see plentiful evidence that Christ hath not been without his witness in every age, not only to defend and assert the true, but to impugn and to reject, yes, even death itself, that these false baptisms, inasmuch that we are not left without good testimony and a series of succession, this is talking about the trail of blood, By God's providence hath been kept afoot of this great ordinance of believer baptism ever since the first time. The confession of faith of several congregation of Christ. One confession says, Article 29, that the Lord Christ, Jesus Christ being foundation and cornerstone of the gospel church wherein his apostles built Ephesians 2 and 20, Hebrews 2 and 3, he gave them power and abilities to propagate and to plant and to rule in order. Matthew 28, 19, Luke 10 and 16, for the benefit of that his body, by which ministry he did show forth an exceeding riches of his grace by his kindness towards the ages to come. Ephesians 2 and 7, which he did according to his promise. Article 30, that the foundation and the ministration aforesaid is a sure guide, rule, and direction in the darkest time of anti-Christian apostasy. 
or spiritual Babylonianism. Captivity to direct, inform, and restore us in our just freedom and liberty to the right worship and order belonging to the church of Jesus Christ. And then they name many scriptures. Another mighty Baptist in this century was Thomas Gretham. He said, from all which testimonies and many more that might be brought, it is evident beyond all doubt that our opposers being judges, that whether we respect the significance of the word baptized, that many of the learned have much abused in this age in telling them the Anabaptists, the baptized churches are of late addition, a new sect, etc. And from their own writings, the clean, con the clean and contrary is so evident. Joseph Hook who styled himself as a servant of Christ and a lover of all men, was a noted Baptist in his century, and he wrote with great fullness and continuation of the Baptist churches in all ages. Their religion is as old as Christ and his apostles. Now many of these statements, Samuel Sunnett was one of the most accomplished scholars in his day on page 259 and was 47 years old, pastor of the little Wild Street Baptist Church in London. His father, grandfather, and great-grandfather were all Baptist ministers. His great-grandfather was born before the Civil Wars. And we're talking about the Protestant Reformation and against England and in England and between the different lineages of Henry VIII. He was in position to judge the claims of Baptists and activity on this point, he says. And from these Piedmont, we have traced the truth. These are the valleys of the Piedmont, for which we contend amidst the notable testimonies. And where did the, the, church, where did the churches of the valleys of Piedmont come from? Uh, Asia Minor. Asia Minor. Mm -hmm. These are the ones the Apostle Paul founded over there. Renowned martyrs and confessors in favor of it 700 years before the Reformation down to the present times. That's from the Valley of the Piedmont. The Baptist Magazine was founded in London in 1809. The very first number in this magazine after the introduction was a miniature history of the Baptist in which it is claimed that the Baptists had always practiced adult baptism by immersion. The Baptists have no origin short of the apostles. They arose in the days of John the Baptist increasingly largely in the days of the apostles and have existed under the severest oppression with intervals of prosperity ever since. In 1817, the Wycliffeites, the Baptists in England traced their origin as separate denomination to the period of the Reformation in the reign of Henry VIII, though there is good evidence that these persons of the same sentiments on the subject of believers Baptists were found among the Wycliffes and the lower lords and were the Protestant dissenters from the Church of Rome before the period. They didn't, dis they didn't dissent from the Church of Rome. They stayed clear of it. And here we go back into this period of time back here, three, four, and five hundreds. You get in here to the Lorillards and the Paulicians, the Cathari. One of the best posted English Baptists was Thomas 
Pottinger, writing in 1845. Writers have stated erroneously that the First Baptist Church in England was formed at the commencement of the 17th century, soon after Charles I ascended to the throne. This is a mistake. It is contrary to the facts. History tells us another tale. Courts and justices, registers of prisons and annals of martyrdom lead to the to a very different proposition and conclusion. Centuries before the period Baptists lived in various parts of the land, through the ignorance and cruelty of the times did not permit them to enjoy a visible and denominational organization like their successors in the present day. Moreover, they were Baptist societies in the kingdom long before the light of the Reformation dawned upon it, and these societies were composed of men and women who regarded immersion on profession of faith in Christ essential to the due administration of baptism. Armitage says here on page 261, a feeble but strained attempt has been made to show that none of the English Baptists practiced immersion prior to 1641. From the document mentioned by Crosby in 1738, of which he remarks, it is said to be written by William Giffen. Although the manuscript is dated by, signed by 53 persons, it is evident that its authorship was, was only guessed at from the beginning, and it may not have been written by Griffin at all. Henry S. Burridge, who gave such much time and attention to this subject, somewhat lengthily discusses the Jer Jersey church records of Gould Griffin ma ma manuscripts. It will be noticed in our references above that the Jersey church records, we say, if they are authentic, we have not forgotten the Crowley and Epworth records. These made their appearance about the same time as the Jersey Church records and is now known that they were they are clumsy forgeries. The Jersey Church record may be genuine, but the genuine has not yet to be established. The Baptists always wanted a sound foundation for their church histories. In 200 page 265, there is a so-called men of the church, and yet every statement is contrary to the facts of the case. Mr. Jacob did not serve the church eight years, but only six years, and he did not go to Virginia in 1624, but in 1622. And he did not die in Virginia, but he returned to England in 1624 and died there April or May of that year. Now we have a lineage of Baptists in America back to England and was buried from St. Andrew, Hubbard's Parish, Borough, and Canterbury. Charles H. Spurgeon. Upon these eleven words, having then so practice it in England to profess believers. Treatises have been written to prove the English Baptists did not practice immersion before 1641. 
If this document were genuine, it would prove not such fact. All that could be claimed for it is that so far as the writer knows, there has been no practice of believers' immersion previous to that date. The document does not say they received baptism in Holland from Bay, but that they received letters and Blount baptized Blaylock, Blacklock, and Blacklock baptized Blount, and they baptized the rest. All of this took place in England, not in Holland. In 1850, Charles H. Spurgeon did not know that anyone in England practiced immersion. It was no surprise and joy to him to find out that there were in England those who existed he had not anticipated who observed the New Testament teaching in regard to baptism. He proceeded to become one of them and soon filled the world with his fame. Because of a certain man who was not a Baptist and did not know the practice of believers' immersion in 1640, no more proves that such a baptism was not practiced than and one of knowledge in 1850. On Spurgeon's part, proved that no, that no believers then immersed in England. Besides, they had facilities and information in 1850, 1850 far beyond what we have in 1640. But Crosby leaves out these words altogether. If these words were in the Giffen manuscript, he deliberately falsified the record to suit his purpose. He left out the most important words in the manuscript, and he did this in full knowledge of the fact that he had loaned this manuscript to Mr. Neal. And several instances quoted from it and easily have exposed Crosby. Now, Charles H. Spurgeon, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, didn't know anything about Baptists. But then when he found out about the Baptist churches, he became one of them. And he became one of the greatest preachers in Baptist history, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. These are some of the tenets that Baptists preached and taught and believed all the way back to the apostles. The idea that baptism by immersion was of late authority is ridiculous. The Jews baptized. John the Baptist baptized in water, not with water. Jesus was baptized in water. Philip baptized the eunuch in water. When the Church of England translated Acts 2.38, it intentionally baptized. You're baptized for the remission of sins, not because of the remission of sins. Because they practiced baptism for the remission of sins and the baptismal regeneration. And they baptize infants. And when it said in the Old Testament or in the New Testament that whole households were baptized, they said, well, that includes infants. It talks about believers in that household were baptized. The whole household as believers were baptized. These monumental statements in church history ought to mean something to you. Why am I a Baptist? Because of history and because of the Bible. Because of the Bible first and because of history. These are the things that, that we believe. I wrote a book called The Doctrines of the Bible. These are the doctrines that Baptists have believed all the way back to Christ. Baptism. Baptism is, a, is by immersion and it's baptized because of the remission of sins. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the church was called out in Christ's time 
And the church was not built upon Peter, but it was built upon Christ. And the church would not fail ever. The church would become a conglomeration of hellish and devilish ideas in Catholicism. And then even we see Islam rising its ugly head. We see all of this in church history. But there have always been Baptists all the way back to the seashores of Galilee. Our Father, please use this message for your honor and glory. Let people understand what they believe and why they believe it. In Jesus' name I pray. Please forgive me where I fail you. Amen. Amen.